if we want to see change, like we need to start, um, you know, grooming our communities for change, meaning if we need to start getting our young people into politics. It's Candy Burris. Welcome to the podcast, The Business of Pleasure, presented to you by Bedroom Candy, my lifestyle brand. Each episode, our host, Bedroom Candy Executive Director, Rita Silva Grunden, talks with the people involved in the business of pleasure, discussing the ins and outs of the sexual health and wellness industry, entrepreneurship, relationships, and empowerment. We'll wash away the age-old stigmas around sexuality and self-love and give you a new perspective on pleasure and intimacy and show you exactly why we were voted 2020 Home Party Company of the Year. New episodes air on Thursdays. I wanted to thank everyone for tuning into this week's Business of Pleasure. Um, And I'm not even quite sure how to introduce this episode because it's a bit different than our typical episode and vastly more important. Um, today we have with us our founder, Candy Burris. Hello. Hey, Candy. This has been a crazy day, a crazy week. It's just an overall crazy time, you know? Yeah. Um, I was um, saying to you earlier, really, that like, I don't, I mean, this whole week, it's like, even though we are in business together, it's like on one side of that, I just feel like it's like, it's weird to just even talk about business or talk about self-promotion or anything like that, because the thing that's on the forefront of my brain, and I'm sure most of our brain, is what's going on in the world today, which is the protests and standing up and fighting against police brutality. And just the overall discrimination against African Americans. Um, you know, obviously, Bedroom Candy, um, we are a company where most of the, um, most of our Bedroom Candy consultants, our, most of our Bedroom Candy family is African American. So clearly, um, what's happening is directly affecting us. Um, just in the world in general and in, in a way and things that we tend to, um, we have to deal with and we have to also figure out, I mean, it, it, it was a great way to me to just bring up the conversation of um, how we treat each other um, as a family, meaning even those of us who are not African American, <laughs> you know, um, um, and and how to um, communicate with us, you know, how to work together, and still um, and definitely be sensitive to what those of us are going through who are African American, you know. Um. I just feel like, you know, it, it, it was so many mixed, um, you know, it's so much, I mean, so many mixed reviews and different thoughts of how everybody feels about how everybody feels about the protests and how things are happening. I mean, me personally, you know, when I watch the protests and then, you know, the peaceful, peaceful protests that are turning into riots, 
Um, and a lot of times, you know, it's not even the African-Americans who are starting the actual violence, um, which I'm so, I mean, I'm so glad that this society wants to put everything on tape right now. Right. <laughs> because I am used to people automatically wanting to point the finger at the black person in the room if something goes wrong or people automatically assuming that the black person started the violent act. You know what I'm saying? So I'm so glad that they do have it on camera that it really, a majority of the time, it was not an African-American person who started any of the violent acts that have been happening during the protest. Um, it's sad that it's happening. Obviously, you know, we, you know, of course we don't want to see any type of violence and we don't want to see anybody doing that. But being an African-American woman who is used to having people always look at us as the troublemakers, it's, it's, it's a good thing that we are able to catch it on tape now. This society, a lot, I mean, obviously, even being able to see what the police are doing to us by people recording and putting it on tape. Um, I, all I can say is thank God for technology, you know? Thank God for technology. Really? And I have to say, oh, God, I just want to hug you. But for anybody who doesn't live this, needs to sit and watch footage, needs to hear accounts, to have to hear children growing up hearing, just accepting that this is the way life is for them. Unacceptable. Yes. Very unacceptable. I, um, we truly appreciate the allies of the black community um, and people who are speaking out, letting their voices be heard, who are not being silent. That is truly being appreciated right now because, you know, of course I'm on social media all the time. I'm watching what everybody's saying, what everybody's doing. And, um, I felt like, Anybody that says anything right now, obviously, you know, people pick it apart or whatever. But the one thing that I really appreciated about what Tyler Perry made clear to people is that the Af African-Americans make up such a small percentage of the U.S. And, you know, we need allies in order for our voices to be heard. It's very sad, you know, I know I just, I understand that everybody is truly upset about the riots and how the protests have turned violent. But one thing that we cannot deny is that it's definitely make the made the world take notice. I mean, people are coming together all around the world to protest. Mm -hmm. Um peacefully, not just to you know, 
turned into a riot. But I mean, a lot of these protests are actually starting off very peaceful. I mean, there are people out there who are just kind of trying to taunt the situation and and turn it into something bad, which is not what it's it's really made to do. It's made to you know get attention for being peaceful and all around the world. I mean, I saw Paris, France. They had a big um, uh, protest and people marching. Um, it was people in London doing it. Um, it was um, people in Amsterdam, um, people in Tokyo. And I just thought, wow, you know what I'm saying? Like, we see over the years, you know, I've seen, or even before I was born, you know, there have been um, protests and people trying to peacefully, um, you know, bring attention to the, you know, bring attention to police brutality through to um, just all the the negative that happens to African-Americans daily. It's just, you know, but now it's like, it's finally people are actually hearing us, you know, and people are actually joining, trying to join with us to fight against it all around the world. And that really makes me feel good, honestly. It does feel um, a little different this time. I can't believe how many times there is, but what you said too about all these protests around the world, I um, I live across the country from you and our local protest was an incredible turnout of peaceful protesters. That message of love, because that's what this is all about, right? Treating everybody like they deserve to live the best version of their life. And that's what we saw here too, is the only people there trying to cause trouble and trying to cause destruction were people that were trying to disrupt that message of love. And so, yeah. 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 So, I mean, all we can do right now is, you know, you know, try to just hold on to the good and not allow the people who are trying to dis- disrupt the good to take over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, just really just continue to um, um, focus on the good and the message and to figure out how to continue the work of, um, you know, fixing this society that we have right now. I mean, I feel like nothing is going to happen overnight. But when you have, I mean, obviously, economics affects everything. Money affects everything. And when you start messing with major corporations um, and, and hitting them in their pockets, you know, that's that makes them want to step up and step in and, and um, contribute and, and help fix the situation. Um, and so, I mean, we're also seeing a lot of that right now. So how can so people, that's a great thing. yeah, how can people, whether it's members of the black community or are your allies, how can people help right now with all of the momentum and, and all the events going on? What can people do? Well, I myself have been trying to figure that out. I think it's a, a number of things that we have to do. Um, we obviously, I think we have to not allow this to just be a moment in time, meaning 
you know, don't let it just end this week. You know how sometimes we see people protest things and then, you know, a couple of days pass by and then nobody's thinking about anymore or things die down. Like we can't let it die down. So I think we have to continue to spread the word, continue to um, share the story. Um, especially, you know, our the allies of the black community. If you are not African-American yourself and you're posting, you know, to your friends to say, hey, you know, this is not right. Stand up, you know, we need to support them. I think that says a lot in itself. Um, also, um, financially support. You know, there are a lot of organizations out there that are doing things to try to help change laws to, um, you know, help fix the police problem that we're having, as well as, um, you know, other discriminatory laws that we have. So we have to, um, you know, those things take money, obviously, you know, lawyers and different things. So we have to continue to contribute to um, those organizations that are working against that, as well as, you know, I hear so many people, I would say, when I tell them to vote, and they're like, why are we voting? Who cares? I mean, nothing's going to change anyway. I hate when people say that because overall, I feel like it's a thing of you have to vote on your local level as well as your, you know, major elections like presidential election. Um, I feel like Atlanta is a great example of that. Um, back in the 1970s, 1973 was our first African-American mayor in Atlanta. And we've had an African-American mayor ever since. I'm not saying that only African-American um, politicians can help fix the situation. But what I'm saying is when you have diversity in government, um, you know, it helps, you know, because, you know, you can, you know, obviously they're more sensitive when it comes to um, um, discrimination or discriminatory issues. Um, one of the things that um, I remember, um, well, our, our first African-American mayor, Maynard Jackson, which he's the one who... If you've ever gone through Hartfield Jackson International Airport, it's partially named after him. But um, he's the one who um, helped big, you know, bring all the stuff to Atlanta to make the airport bigger. And then he changed some of the laws so that um, at least, I forgot, well, it started off at a different percentage, but it has grown now. So it's kind of like, I don't, I don't know the exact percentage, but I think it's like 30% of all contracts. Um, city contracts from the um, city of Atlanta have to go to minorities. So um, if, if if you don't understand what that means, that's like the city, every city has a budget every year where they spend millions and millions and millions of dollars. And uh, if you think about it, um, you know, like a, the mayor is the one who approves those budgets and decides where that money goes. And if you think about like all of those big companies that are building your streets or building, you know, um, getting all the city contracts for the trash or to tow cars or it, it it's like impossible to break thing. in. Right. But if you have a, a mayor who's making sure that minorities are able to participate in those contracts, 
men that helps. And so I think that's a major thing that did start to help a lot of African American uh, African Americans in our city. And people always talk about, you know, how um, there's, you know, so many successful African Americans. I think the fact that we've had a lot of um, African Americans involved in politics in our city is what contributes to that. Um, and so I always um, say that, you know, it, it would be great if all around the country there were more um, minorities who participated in local and state government, you know, or that we made sure that we voted more uh, minorities into positions so that we could um, not just Atlanta, but in other cities, make sure that, you know, we got that same minority participation. You know what I mean? Um, because it's mandatory in our city and it would be great if it was mandatory in other cities, you know? I think, I mean, clearly Um, Atlanta's got a model figured out that works. Um, well, it's, 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 it's helping for sure. It's definitely, um, has been, you know, working, um, to a, a certain extent. I mean, everybody saw, our mayor, everybody was kind of upset with them because, you know, they were saying don't burn down the businesses. And I know I saw a lot of um, Atlanta um, celebrities were getting a lot of heat from that. But our mayor, she was, um, she had made the point that 51% of our businesses in the city belong to African-Americans or minorities. And um, that's not the norm in other places. You know, so, um, but either way, um, you know, overall, it's, you know, financially, that uh, African Americans, you know, we do not have the economic power in our country, you know what I mean? And so, um, and when, when we're always in a position of, you know, starting off like, I mean, and anybody, it's not even just, you know, African-Americans, it's, you know, people of all races, you know, have struggled financially, you know, but um, it, it, it just seems as though if, if, let's just say you have two people of the same color and we, you know, both, um, you know, are not in the best financial position, but when you go to apply for a job, you know, they actually give you a chance or whatever. When I go to apply for the job, they automatically side-eye me. I, side-eye me. They automatically look at me as, oh, she's going to be an angry back, black woman. Oh, she's going to be this. Oh, she's going to, you know, it's always, um, you know, negative things that come along with, you know, the way people look at black people, you know. And so before they even give you a chance they go, you know, you know, just playing into the stereotype, which is annoying. <laughs> it's annoying. You know what I'm saying? Understatement. It's not just in our country. It's in, yeah. And it's not just in our country. It's even other places. I mean, I myself have been, you know, in, you know, places in stores and I know some people be like, but you're famous. I mean, I'm well known, but there are people in this world who don't know me. And I definitely have been in stores, you know, or, you know, high end stores or whatever. And 
and people looking at me like, uh, what are you doing in here? You know, following me around the damn store like they think I'm about to steal something. You know, those type of stereotypes and and people discriminating against African-Americans, those are the things that we're fed up with and um, and that we're trying to bring attention to right now. Um, not just that. Obviously, the main thing we're trying to bring attention to is, you know, the police violence. But overall, African-Americans are fed up with all of it, you know? Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying, because from the major systemic issues from, you know, police brutality and other like, just gosh, across the board, but it, it you're right, it's not just about laws, too. It's the cultural issues. I know I grew up in an area that I don't know, I just could never wrap my head around how you could hate somebody that's different from you. Because when I meet somebody who's different from me, I'm like, what kind of holidays do you have? What kind of food do you cook on those days? Like, that's the kind of flavor that makes life more interesting. Right. And I mean, everybody's going to be different. We have to appreciate each other's differences and not look at each other negatively for each other's differences. And that's the thing. Uh, I did not want to get on this podcast and be crying like a big baby. I'm sort of like, um, you know, obviously uh, the tensions are high right now. You know, the conversation, every conversation is about this. You know, and obviously this is something, you know, as a black woman, I've dealt with um, my whole life to, you know, to talk about discrimination, to talk about the things that, you know, is on the the, the front of every conversation at the moment are conversations that I've been having. But the fact that the whole world is recognizing it and, you know, we're all standing together, that it just makes it even more emotional me oh god candy i don't even know what to say other than let's hope that we can get enough of us standing together making your voice loud enough um you're right about all the actions that have to come after this though the people deciding to run for office not just the voting but we need you know talented passionate candidates and you're right anybody who has the means to put the money behind people trying to break into political life and i look forward to what we can all do together this year yeah i was um just saying to my daughter today i was just like you know we, we always hear about you know the billionaires who send their kids to you know the Ivy League schools, and they all talk about who they're going to groom to be the next senator or to groom to be president one day. But as minorities or as African Americans, we need to start having those same conversations of grooming our children to go into politics, grooming our kids. You know to you know, want, you know, to decide that they're going to be the next mayor, the next senator, the next um, state representative, the next um, governor, yes. you know? Yes. But it seems like, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't know about people that you were cool with, but I'm never around people who are having those conversations about their children. I don't know if I'm in that Ivy League circle. <laughs> 
But I well, no, but I'm just saying, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that to say, like, why aren't we having those conversations? Yeah. Like, clearly, they think about that, you know, when they're there, you know, fundraisers, their friends, or, you know, they, they, they're always thinking about that. We've seen, we've seen, we've seen stories, we've seen movies, we hear stories, we hear documentaries, we see documentaries about people who, you know, always knew, oh, oh, he's going to be groomed to be senator. Oh, he's going to be the next this. And it's like, well, where are those people at? How come they, they already knew that they were going to be grooming their children for this at such a young age? And it's like, we as minorities, we don't um, think even, that doesn't even cross our minds a lot of times when I think that it needs to start, it really needs to start crossing our minds. If we want to see change, like, we need to start, um, you know, grooming our communities for change, meaning if we need to start getting our young people into politics. Absolutely. Are you saying Blaze 2060? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> not to make a joke, but like... Why not? But right, because you have to when have that intention. Blaze, she should. Right. Huh? I was gonna say you have to have that intention from birth and you, you know, as a parent, you we've all watched this is that you maybe not grooming your children for for presidential life, maybe. But I see you trying to, you know, lay a foundation and build a legacy and create something that they can take on and make their own. So I think that's a really powerful call to action for parents. Yeah. I mean, just I mean, even if it's just you know, getting our kids just to be more involved in the community. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. not even to say they have to be president, but just to be more involved in the community, yeah. to know what's going on. Um, you know, so that we could just make change. We have to change our mindset, you know. Absolutely. Because you're right. Oh, the power does come from the local level, despite what happens on the, the national front. And I think what you said earlier is true, is that yeah. a lot of us overlook all those little roles that play into the policing and the the legal system in our right. area. So those roles I are mean, so vital. I was saying to people, yeah, we vote in our mayors. Our mayors are the ones who hire and fire police chiefs. They can demand that, you know, the police officer is reprimanded or fired or whatever. We're the ones who we we vote for our local sheriffs. We vote for our local judges, I mean, you know, the judges or whatever. So I'm just like, if we are not voting and coming out in masses to um, set the tone for our own communities, I was like, man, we get stuck with who, whatever the people who are voting are, are, are picking out, you know? Yeah. And how does that work for us? It's not, yeah, it's not working out great. But right now, I feel like as people, you know, we need to just do more to educate our friends, our friend groups, our circles. See, look around us, see who's actually speaking up, you know, mm-hmm. and um, take mental notes. <laughs> Yeah. If they ain't, man, you know, they may not be as sympathetic to, you know, us 
to us as we may have thought, you know. Um, and then also, you know, oh, what did you say? I was going to say, and from the ally perspective, maybe take a look around right. at your circle. And if it's looking kind of uh, all the same, it's time to meet new friends and find new people. And I think part of this is too, is I don't, <laughs> I don't know how you meet people that are different from you. And I don't know. I just, I don't know how you can have the capacity for this. If you have friends that are different than you. That's all I have to yeah. say is it's time to. I mean, it's, um, we always, I mean, right now, I mean, there's people out there marching together and meeting each other now. <laughs> Obviously, these people have similar interests. Maybe they need to keep in touch. How about that? <laughs> I mean, like, we all got different friend groups. I mean, we all come from different walks of life. But, you know, we have to all be sensitive to each other and with each other, you know, what we're all going through. Awesome. Um, Yeah. This podcast was not turning out like I really wanted it to. I didn't want it to be just all emotional, but right now in this world, that's just what's happening. And, you know. Sometimes you just have to be real. Yeah. Well, Candy, I know that you have been doing a lot behind the scenes and I know it means a lot to the community and to bedroom candy fans to hear from you in the midst of all of this, um, you know, to give everyone some ideas for what they can do to take action so that after decades, hundreds of years, we can finally make some real progress. Yes. Um, like I said, you know, um, continue to continue to spread the word about um, organizations that are continuing to fight against um, police brutality, uh, discrimination. And there are a lot of organizations that are, that are out there doing good, great work. And I think actually lately, obviously, with whatever, everything that's going on, um, it's, it's putting light on those, those organizations, which is a great thing. Um, okay, okay. if you're not African-American, but you want to support, uh, social media, um, you should, um, follow the hashtag amplify, amplify melanated voices. Um, and basically it's just a way to support um, post about um, the issues that are affecting African Americans, um, you know, and, and post of support to just show that, you know, you are an ally. And then, um, you know, and anytime that you can help spread the word is it, it, just, it's needed. And so that's another thing that you could do, as well as, you know, um, boating. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> voting vote 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 I cannot stress enough especially for your local um, politicians and um, you know local government I always say 
I've been saying it over and over again, and I hope that people will finally start doing it. Vote, 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 vote. Yeah, and honestly, even before voting day, you can call, DM, email, you know, reach your reps now and, and let them know how many constituents they have that this is important to. Right. Oh, yeah. uh, gosh. Well, thank you so much for joining today, Candy. Um, I appreciate you sharing a few, uh, sharing a little bit. And I look forward to next time when maybe we have some more momentum to celebrate. So, you know, the tone is a little bit more <laughs> like we're used to. Yeah. All right. Well, good talk to you. You too. Take care, Candy. Well, in this podcast episode with eight minutes and 46 seconds of silence in honor of those almost nine minutes George Floyd suffered under the knee of that police officer, eight minutes and 46 seconds where he uttered those last pleas, I can't breathe.